Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. And I'm Amanda Livermore. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We're seeking to discover Christ in everything, from the banal to the sublime, and this is Fools for Christ. Joining me today, in place of Kimmy Zeiler, is my friend Amanda Livermore. Hello. Kimmy is busy preparing summer camp things at San Pedro right now, so Amanda has graciously stepped in. And we're going to start today with a story. One evening, an old Cherokee Indian told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside everyone. He said, My son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It is anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. Our theme for the day is seeing the world through the eyes of hope or learning to see the good in everything. And this topic came about because about a week and a half ago or, or go, ago or so, I was watching a music video. It was one that YouTube recommended to me. It was called Come Away by the band Sons of the East. And they're an Australian band. And that song had a very nice sound. So if you like Australian folk music, I recommend you go check it out. And who does? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know that's on my top ten. But um, the in the video, there was what appeared to be a single mom. And she was busy with just the chores and the busyness of life and doing laundry and whatnot. And her very cute little daughter was playing in the background and eventually started preparing a picnic and so gathered up a basket and food and went and set everything in her mom's car and sat in the car and almost hid there and, and when the mom realized that the daughter was gone she started looking around and eventually found her daughter sitting in the passenger seat of their old Ford Bronco beckoning her to come away and go have fun on this what was really a dreary looking day uh, and the video kind of transformed from just the humdrum of life to this little adventure between a mom and her daughter, uh, forgetting the cares and the worries of the world, or what I imagine were the cares and the worries of their world. Uh, and I, in all in, in like a moment or about half a second, I experienced a roller coaster of emotions. And I, the first thing I, I experienced was really sadness. Um, just you know, I, I didn't. I was just kind of reading into the story. The yeah, I saw sadness in the mom and sadness in the daughter that she didn't have her dad there and the stress of the mom and taking care of this little girl on her, all on her own. And it almost like depressed me for a moment. And then I was, I was reminded, and I, I say this in a very, very real way, how unchristian that attitude was. And that I, 
I was failing to see the ability of, in the video, the love of this mom to transform the life of her daughter to bring good about. And by extension, a failure to see that the love of the Lord transforms like all evil, not just in the long term, but immediately. And I recognized I still have a habit of not seeing good in the world enough. And so when Amanda and I were, were talking about it, we thought, well, what is it that, uh, that allows us to see the world differently, to see really with Christian eyes? And she came up with this idea, it's seeing the world through the eyes of hope. Uh, so Amanda, I actually think she's one of the people I know who does the best of uh, always seeing the good and recognizing an opportunity to praise God and bring about goodness situations. So it was just kind of fortuitous that we started talking about this theme. Um, but well, as you're saying that, and of course, my um, my Australian folk uh, video watching has been at a bit of a lull lately, so I was not up to date on this particular video. But as Dan's describing it, and I'm thinking, uh, the first thought that came to my mind is that it was actually the child um, who, in this moment, I think was was really being Christ-like and in inviting this mother out of um, out of this kind of just habitual humdrum existence and even out into what would have been considered a dreary day to say I can I can see the good in this I can find the good in this what a what an expression of hope the little girl didn't just go ask mom can we go on a picnic the little girl packed a basket I mean if that's not hope you know mom could have come out to the car and said I don't have time I'm not gonna go but instead this little girl was such an expression of hope in this moment of I think if I prepare everything and do everything I can, I think mommy's gonna say yes. I think we'll go on this adventure, you know? So um, I love the the power that, that little girl's hope um, in such innocence and simplicity had in that moment to really change the course of an entire day. And I think this, like the virtue of hope, I mean, there's reason it's theological and it's not just a natural thing that everybody does, because. I think it's a very, very human thing to want to accept a bad situation and just say, well, this is just all there is to it. Almost, almost like an Eeyore attitude in life and just kind of think, well, I just have to suffer through the next 60, 70 years of my existence and then I can be happy in heaven. And this, this virtue of hope, which the Lord gives us like completely on his own and freely, is what allows us to almost capture and make present now in like whatever whatever that moment of darkness whatever that moment of evil is to make present in our life the joy and the goodness of heaven even if it in only a tiny tiny way um, yeah it makes me think of when my mom was diagnosed with her cancer um, she went through two different rounds of cancer uh, but I remember in, in an effort to support, several people would say to her, um, well, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And that wasn't really reassuring to her, and it certainly wasn't reassuring to me, uh, because I remember looking at her and saying at, at one point, Mom, that's not actually true. Um, God didn't give you cancer. God didn't look at the world and say, of all the women sitting here, I think she can handle it. So I'm going to take my magic wand and give her cancer. Yeah. That's not how that's not how the Lord works. The the power of hope comes in saying that he can redeem 
and bring good about even through cancer. Um, so in horrible suffering, uh, his will is not necessarily the suffering. His will is the light and the grace that can shine through in the suffering, that the light can conquer the suffering, whatever that may be. If it's a spiritual suffering, it's a, if it's a physical suffering, um, that, that he is bigger than that suffering, that he has already defeated that suffering, um, and that he continues to defeat that all the time for us. And so then it didn't become, I need to forge my way through this terrible situation because God thought I could handle it. It became, let me find the light that God is shining into and through this situation, even as he mourns with me because his child has cancer. But in that morning, he sh he's shining a light to, to bring hope and goodness through a bad situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So to connect it back to the story we opened up with, there's that there can be the, the very real tendency in all of us towards what is not good, towards the darkness. I mean, it's just the reality of original sin and human con concupiscence. And what you recognize there and what you were able to help your mom see is don't feed that darkness. Don't put so much attention into the negative that be it begins to grow in your mind and your heart, but rather begin to look at what is good. And I think the the perfect example of this is, you know, there was a girl a long time ago who all of a sudden found herself pregnant and was faced with a very, very uh, dangerous situation where she might well be put to death for being pregnant without being married, and that's our Blessed Mother. And somehow managed, I mean, in the, in the midst of this, uh, this very amazing event, rather than being worried, she simply said, let it be and my soul magnifies the Lord. Look what he has done for me. And yeah, in this difficult situation, she writes a song. <laughs> she yeah, sings yeah. a song, you know? <laughs> um, she runs to her cousin and sings a song, you know? So yeah. it's, yeah, that's incredible. And it immediately begins serving other people rather than kind of sitting and having her own little pity party. And you might say that's what Job did wrong. Not, I don't want to uh, throw too much shade on Job because things went very poorly for yeah, him. Yeah, he had it rough. He did. Yeah. Um, but the, the Blessed Mother, even in, uh, both in that situation and even in the worst situation, the crucifixion, f was able to see the salvation, the transformation of the world through the death of her son in this very tragic event. Yeah, and you know, for her then, um, so what's the difference? How come she can, she can do that? What can we learn from her? And I think that with Mary, you know, she was, as, as we have heard, and um, the angel, uh, you know, hail Mary, and, um, you know, she's full of grace, and how do we become full of grace? How do we get ourselves um, so full of the Lord that we have that freedom to encounter every situation with hope and trust as opposed to, what about me, woe is me, um, I need to worry about myself attitude? When we trust that the Lord's will is always for our good and is always for the best, not only for us, but for the world, um, then we can respond in that full of grace way. I had a spiritual director once who told me one of the most powerful things you can ask for in prayer is to have Mary's eyes uh, because she just saw the world differently. And so that's you know where this lens of hope, seeing the world through this lens of hope, um, 
you know, she really teaches us how to do that because her, her eyes see through and her heart sees through um, a fullness of grace. There's nothing lacking. And when there's nothing lacking, even in the most difficult situations, you can see the light. Yeah, and that's, it seems like almost every saint sees the world differently. It's almost, the, there's a, like a, a shadowy veil that clouds most people's vision. Mm-hmm. And with the saints, that lifts a little bit or entirely and all of a sudden it's like they're seeing not with rose-colored glasses but they've taken the dark-colored glasses off and they're seeing the world as it is and they're seeing the goodness of God and it's, it's almost like the gift of those those very few artists who are able to capture the truth and, and beauty in the universe and put it into a, a frozen format for the rest of the world to see mm-hmm. and marvel at saints do that in their writings and in the way they live uh, and they Really at the heart of this is the idea of virtue or habit. Like how do we train ourselves to see the world? How do we train ourselves to look at the world? Uh, and some people, whether it's just by nature or nurture, train themselves to see the negative. And we've, we've probably all worked with that person or those people mm-hmm. at once. Yeah. Um, and it, they like to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory, so to speak, and mm-hmm. find the bad. And uh, really the, the opposite of what I think we as Christians are called to do is to see the good in everything and find a way to to draw attention to that to reser to almost rescue that from failure yeah and I think you're right it really does become a habit and one that I think there's a few things we can do to in- intentionally uh, impact that for for each of us individually I think one of the big ones for me is who I surround myself with right. if I'm you know, and, and I think most offices or places, you know, a business have those um, water cooler conversations, the spot where everybody goes to complain, you know, uh, or maybe like you said, you have that friend that's always kind of seeing the negative. You bring up something and they're always, you know, kind of coming at it from a, well, well, yeah, but, you know, kind of attitude. And I like to surround myself with people who celebrate the joys with me. Again, it's not an ignorance to the darkness, but it's an awareness of the power of the light um, and really giving the light the power in my life as opposed to turning my eyes and focus on on the darkness. So surrounding myself with people who do that uh, has been a great, uh, a great way to continue to strengthen that at virtue in myself and to also then work to strengthen it in others because they're op- open to receiving it. So now the conversations are all very positive. The conversations are listen to the great thing my student did today as opposed to can you believe one of our students did this you know yeah um i'm all of a sudden i'm getting an image of dory from finding (laughs) nemo and she's like that i mean no matter like you lost your son in the ocean oh we can find him Mm. what kind of moron says that (laughs) but like the optimist person says that like marlon was really kind of a, like a depressing, annoying character. He saw the bad. He saw danger everywhere in everything. That's and a good he, point. Um, I mean, he had a traumatic experience, and he allowed that to color his entire worldview. And that, that may well be the case for many people, and that they've maybe they've been hurt. Or, you know, just, I mean, if you watch the news too much, you're going to end up like this. Absolutely. As, op- as opposed to, I mean, Dory, perhaps fortuitously, like could never remember the bad right. and so she was only ever to think of hey what good could come about yeah and that's really the it's like the attitude of a champion if we're thinking in athletic terms and it's the attitude of a saint it's the attitude of of the blessed mother it's the attitude of our lord 
in you know being faced with death by torture he knew good will come about because of this like this is not the end of the road yeah and i think um you know short of you know developing um short-term memory loss like dory right, yeah, uh you know what else can we you know what else can we do because you're right that attitude of i don't know why but i you know i know it'll work out um, has you know makes us so much stronger and gives us so much more will to continue to move forward uh, I think another way for me that's been very helpful is uh, the Ignatian examine and Ignatian examine you know you can look it up there's um, several different steps but it's actually a pretty quick way to pray and ultimately uh, at the end of your day you reflect back on your day and after a time of, of thanking the Lord and um, acknowledging his presence with you in this time of prayer you just kind of reflect back on the things that happened and where you saw God where where his spirit moved where was the light uh, and in doing that evening after evening before bed for me uh, and then I also follow it up with the more difficult question of where were you and I missed it or where did you ask me to be light and I refused for one reason or another? Where was I bringing darkness instead of light? And every day there's an answer to that question as well. So um, it has made me that much more aware in the moment because I know at the end of the day I'm gonna ask myself where, uh, you know, where did I see God today? And so it's made me much more aware in the moment to say, oh, that, that time that I was walking across campus and a student just simply smiled and waved, there you are, God. Um, in that moment when I'm talking to a teacher and she tells me about how her, you know, her husband and his suffering and, um, but how that has brought strength within her family. Oh, there you are, God. You know, and so I can start to recognize him as so much more of a habit that my first thought isn't, you know, what's wrong with this picture, but my first thought is what's right with this picture. Where are you, God? You know, and that I think has brought so much joy to, to every day for me. Yeah, it's almost as if you started to learn the rhythm or cadence with which God moves in your life. And so you, because you've now developed that habit of looking for the Lord's presence and recognizing how he works, it's almost like you begin to anticipate it or expect it. You think, okay, this is where the Lord could work. And you still leave room for him to surprise you. But that very much, uh, it, it starts to, I mean, it's an opposite habit of seeing the bad. And that's, uh, of all things, in, in a class recently for leadership, my teacher had me read a book on dog training. And <laughs> one of the, the ways of training, and it's not just for dogs, but it's for all animals, um, if you want to eliminate a bad habit, you train a, like a counter habit. So you don't try to punish the, the bad, you simply... Like you begin to instill and initiate another habit that makes the first bad habit impossible. Um, and that's what you did. You started to, I mean, whether or not you had, had that bad habit initially, mm -hmm. you built into your life a habit of, uh, of seeing so much good in the world that you didn't have time to waste energy and time seeing the negative and focusing on the negative. Yeah, definitely. And I think we can so quickly stumble back into it because like you pointed out our world is uh you know there's a lot of that social media i think is really bad for that as well um and you know a lot of the times the stories we're seeing or the responses i mean you want to you want to get depressed just read a comments feed of anything right um you know and you'll um because 
I think people get even more boldly negative over social media than they even would be face to face. And so I think, you know, that we kind of learn what are those landmines for me? What are those things that start to make me go down that rabbit hole? And you kind of, you, you intentionally avoid those, you know? I mean, and, and maybe it's a person, uh, but maybe it's, you know, certain kinds of music or movies or, you know, um, activities that just start to kind of change the lens with which you see the world. Um, and if we really believe that God is and exists in all time and space everywhere, that the very breath within us is God, then we should also believe that the very breath within us is hope and joy and love. So that's what we're made for. That's our life. And then anything opposite that is really um, a, a chipping away at that life. It's a, a wet blanket on the flame of the Holy Spirit, so to speak, you know? So um, I think if we enter into every moment believing the Lord is present here, regardless of what's happening, the Lord is present and at work, then um, it makes it that much more possible, I think, to see the light. Yeah, absolutely. In in terms of building that habit, I think uh, one of the most practical bits of advice I ever got actually was in uh, in confession. It was, I think, part of my, uh, my penance was look for good things in people that I'm criticizing. Uh, so especially, I think, for married married couples, a really good habit would be to look for good things in their spouse. Think mm-hmm. of the things you're grateful for, because it can be very easy to fall into a habit of, of nitpicking and coming up with a laundry list of things. That, or maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your roommate, maybe it's one of your siblings, or, or who knows, that coworker. But instead, anytime you catch yourself doing that, or maybe schedule it and make it a part like of your, your exam uh, before or after you do that, begin to come up with a laundry list of, of good things. So the things you're thankful for. So what, you know, what does your wife or husband do that's really, really uh, special, that's really, really kind? Or even in just kind of cute, silly, something that nobody else does. Uh, and that's a, a habit that makes it very difficult, if not impossible, to become judgmental and critical. Uh, and sometimes that means you have to be willing to let go of of your little mud pie and, and you have to be okay not sitting there and being mopey and pouty um, and if if you're okay moving on to happiness then you know you can probably make that change um, but I think in uh, it begins with recognizing those areas where do we where do we like to focus on the negative and where do we like to see the bad in everything um, and I think you know, the for Bishop Robert Barron is uh, he's got this great ability to see goodness in everything from books to films to tv shows and, and you know there are a lot of times there are tv shows where i'd seen them or movies where i'd watch them and i'd, I'd think what good is he possibly going to pull out of this like that looks like mm-hmm. an awful movie and he always manages to find that that golden thread in the tapestry because he's looking for it he's opened his eyes to the the virtue of hope and as he feeds that that good wolf he looks for good things uh and so that's the one that's much stronger and more prevalent in his mind. Yeah, and I think that, uh, I mean, obviously he sets a standard, you know, as, it, our, as one of our shepherds in our country, he sets such a standard for us. Uh, and I think of the Romans fifteen thirteen uh, verse, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think that attitude of hope is what gives us the ability to 
to do the Lord's will within every aspect of our lives. You brought up marriage, which is such a great, um, you know, such a an important place for us to have hope um, in our in our workplaces as parents, because we can often feel like we're falling short as parents. So these opportunities of of hope that not only help us to feel good in the moment, but more importantly, give us that power to move forward in recognizing and building the kingdom of God. That is about all the time we have. Uh, So I'd like to thank Amanda for joining us today. Uh, Thank you for really just sharing your positive outlook on life and how you, uh, the way that you've developed this habit of seeing the light and seeing the good. Um, And really just reminding us that it's uh, the way to be more Christian is to see through the eyes of hope and to to take off the sunglasses, so to speak, and allow light to, to come into our world a little bit more. Well, thanks for having me, and I know Kimmy's shoes were big shoes to fill. My prayer for all of your listeners is that you'll have eyes of Mary in the week to come, uh, and that you may abound in the hope of the Holy Spirit. Well, have a great week, everybody. God bless you, and we'll be back here again next week. Bye. Bye. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.